Hey there. Thanks so much for joining us for the Life Support Podcast. It's where we talk to providers, community members, experts, and others about their experiences with health and the systems that create it. Hey, it's Rachel. Jen. Clark. And we're here with Tori. Uh, this is the Life Support Podcast. And surprise, it's the first time we're doing video. Um, we're excited to be able to offer you uh, some content uh, on video uh, in addition to our podcast. So uh, we're very excited also to be talking with Tori today. So Tori, can you tell me who you are? So name, where you're from, what you do when you're not working first, then what you do professionally? Okay, yeah. Um, Tori Torgrimson. I'm a licensed clinical social worker here in Idaho. I work with Family Health Services in, um, I'm mainly in Twin Falls, but Family Health Services is a an FQHC in South Central Idaho, so we're going to spread out all over. Um, I'm the behavioral health director there, so in charge of our integrated behavioral health program, specialty behavioral health. We also have school-based, um, so I have my fingers in a little bit of everything um have also spent time as a bhc and then a lot of experience with um specialty uh and i think if i'm remembering right there's what i like to do in my spare time yeah, well look, that, that sounds almost facetious like uh if i had spare time, <laughs> do I have have spare time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. what do you like to do with your spare time well um <laughs> You know, I think we all have a lot going in our lives, right? So on top of that, it's uh, I'm a mom and, and a wife and all those types of things. But, um, you know, in the last couple of years, I've really focused on things that connect me back to myself and that I enjoy. So I've been doing oil painting and uh, I'm more adventurous. So group uh, and honestly, where, where I work, there's coworkers who go along with me on all this. So. Um, we have climbed or hiked, however you want to say it, Mount Bora last year. Nice. We're doing a Spartan in a week. Awesome. So just really trying to get out there and Love do it. things again. So you know what work team we're not challenging to dodgeball. Yeah, let's not do that. Next gathering. So you said BHC, right? What does a behavioral health consultant do? So, um, you know, a behavioral health consultant does a lot of things, uh, but uh, I, Brief description, uh, just to start, is that a behavioral health consultant is a master's level clinician uh, who works in the medical clinic, but they are doing clinical skills. Um, and I think it's just, it's, it's kind of a different place than what we're used to in the, in the medical field. Um, so they are providing brief clinical interventions for the patients that go to that medical clinic. Um, the big difference for them too, besides just brief, is a generalist, just like uh, in our clinics, the primary care visit, uh, providers would be. Um, and then also following that medical clinic structure with the scheduling, the culture, so it's fast paced. Um, they are in being interrupted. There might be something that comes up in the middle of other, other things and they are very open to that type of environment and interruptions, just like a medical provider would be. So when people think about, you know, a traditional mental health provider, it's, it's something different. It's, yes. Um, yeah. a, a different role. You're right. not sitting on a couch talking to someone. Nope. You're there. <laughs> yeah. You're there in the medical exam room right. with the patients. Um, you don't have your patients. I think that's another difference. So in specialty, the patients is yours. You, you determine where the care plan is and you follow them to the end. You're collaborating with the doctor, but it is your patient in that particular um, 
behavioral specialty focus, but in, as a behavioral health consultant in the model we use, which is primary care behavioral health, uh, it's still the medical provider's patient they identify something where they think our skill set would be very helpful, complement what they are trying to help that patient with, or that patient's overall health goals. They bring us in. Sometimes it's what we call a one and done, just quick, yep, here's what I can help you with, right. do a quick intervention, behavior change, um, and, and it's fine. Sometimes there's some follow-ups. We're always collaborating with that medical provider, letting them know what we what we think um, was identified in, in that brief appointment, uh, what next steps are, but again, it's, it's the medical provider's patient and they're in charge of that care. Is there anything unique about that role, um, particularly to Idaho, when practicing in more rural settings? Yeah, you know, um, and you had you'd kind of given me some ideas of what we talked about in that one, particularly I was thinking about, you know, unique. <laughs> Uh, I think if I were to summarize it in, in Idaho with our different locations, some places are rural to the point where people call it frontier. Right. Um, then we have, uh, like in Twin, we consider that to be bigger, but it still is considered rural. Um, I think one of the most unique and exciting parts as being an integrated behavioral health in Idaho is that we get to be innovative and we get to really, um, tailor what's going on in that community, um, what that patient population needs, um, and, and each agency I think kind of looks at how integrated behavioral health makes sense for them and the population that they're working with. And I think it, it's just kind of the exciting thing because there's lots of different medical groups that have done something a little bit different or unique because that's what was called for. Right, whatever their needs are, right? Mm -hmm. So what's your biggest challenge in your role right now? Um, you know, my, my particular role is unique because I am the director, so supervisor and program development. Uh, and then I think the things that are unique for my staff, the behavioral health consultants right there in the clinic. So I would say for me, it's um, staffing. A lot of people, I have great staff. Um, we have an amazing team that is completely on board with what we're trying to do. And I think we work very well as a team, um, but we still have openings. And so um, there's such a high need out there. So many patients that need the help and how to support that staff, but how to try to find more staff so that we can have a better balance and get that service out to everybody. I think with with our consultants, uh, it just uh, there's different parts. I mean, one just continuing to grow that program. Um, it's it, it can be new for everyone, and it's definitely a type of program that evolves as you keep going. Even if you've been doing it for 10 years, there's areas where you're going to evolve and grow and. And so your behavioral health consultants are part of that process and giving their expertise um, and, and working with the medical providers and the rest of the staff, the nursing and support staff mm -hmm. on where are we at and how does, how does this fit? What do we need to do differently? Um, and then I think, you know, it, it, as we all would agree, the pandemic has definitely yeah. impacted the need. Um, lack of resources, the, the increase in mental health symptoms and struggles we've seen uh, in the last couple of years. So that's, that's definitely impact us as well.
So it sounds like a lot of things that you're describing are probably what other people um, across the state, across the country would describe as some of the yeah. challenges. Yeah, I have no doubt. Um, you know, different areas have different population right. bases and stuff, but I think ultimately those are some of the core themes. And one of the places where historically we've kind of worked through um, and together on some of those issues is the Idaho Integrated Behavioral Health Network, mm -hmm. um, or IIBHN. Um, can you tell me what IIBHN is in your own words? Um, you know, if I were to briefly state it, I'd say, I'd say IIBHN is a meeting of the minds, right? Um, like-minded people who totally understand how integrated behavioral health um, can do so many things. You know, it's, it's not a goal with just one focus. There's so many uh, aspects of a person's overall care where integrated behavioral health can help. Um, and IIBHN is a statewide meeting of, um, of individuals who understand their regions, their medical clinics, the patients they serve, uh, and we kind of come together and uh, support each other with either just having conversations, throwing out ideas, bringing out research, um, things maybe I don't know that I know I can put out a question. And there's a whole network of people who, if they don't know, they have access and resource. Um, IIBHN is also a place where you can get a lot of amazing training on best practices, standard of care, and you know you're getting good quality of care. Um, so yeah, just that, I, I think it does a lot more than just one thing, depending on where you're at. So at my role right now, it's more administrative. So I look at program development, what's out there, how can we make sure we're still meeting best practices, um, standard of care, uh, but my behavioral health consultants, uh, really having other people they can talk with, a very good quality uh, training on evidence-based practices, um, and then I think it's something that we're still growing, right? Yeah. We can, uh, we're always talking about ways we can better collaborate, reach out to people, add that education piece. Maybe some people are kind of interested, but not mm -hmm. sure. Okay. And I think in Idaho, this might resonate with a lot of people, but a lot of times because we are so rural and there's such a huge need, it, that, that education piece but gets put on one person or two people and they try and go around and spread the news. Um, one of the positives with IIBHN is it's not just up to one person. Like there's a whole group of people who can take on that task and, and try and help spread the word, train, or do whatever's needed. Yeah, I think that is the main, one of the main goals is to spread the word right on integrated behavioral health and how to do it into your point best practices, right? Right. Yep. So I, I think you kind of answered it. I want to make sure if you want to add anything else. Like one of my questions was going to be, um, why is it so important for BHCs to connect with their peers? And why, especially in Idaho, is it because of the distance? Because it's hard to know what this end of the state is doing versus this end of the state? Or is there anything else? Um, I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. But also, uh, there aren't as many in the state. Okay. Right? So, uh, you know, I have one BHC for the Magic Valley area. Um, so so the, the community space that she is helping with is huge. Yeah. Um, her coworker is, what, I think 
15 miles away, 12 miles away. Um, we're really spread out. Yeah. So those conversations that in my specialty clinics, I, in the Twin Falls Clinic, I have, um, you know, five or six therapists that work out of that. And as we're going down the hallways or maybe having lunch or something, we can have these conversations. Um, but as, as a BHC, uh, you can't do that. So having a place and a, a platform where you can just throw out these questions, ideas, support, just have someone to talk to, um, I think really helps connect everyone, decrease burnout. Um, I also think that innovate, innovative piece, you know, maybe I think I'm, I, I see um, a need with chronic pain or I'm really struggling with certain aspects of helping patients with diabetes and their anxiety and, right. and those, those comorbid things that are going on. Um, and, and because we are such an innovative group of people and, and a state, I think there's someone in Northern Idaho who, oh, I've tried this and I never thought of that. And, and it's a, a really great place to get that information. So yeah, it's like the safe space for you guys to talk, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's where you find your work people. Work people, yes. Because you can't just walk down the hall and find your work people. Right, and I think with this um, integrated behavioral health, there's still a newness to that concept. Right. I think we all know you don't go to your master's as and get that offered as an option as much as you would with specialty mm -hmm. or maybe um, case management or those types of things. So you can't just go to the, um, other licensed uh, mental health professional that you know in the community and they'd be able to speak directly to the services that you're providing. I mean, it's still helpful, right. but it's it's not as common um, in your more of your local peers. I think that makes a difference for any new emerging field, but right. uh, it seems like particularly in the context of this really challenging healthcare environment that can make a huge difference for people in practice. Yeah. What do you think, when you reflect on uh, IIBHN, what to you stands out as the most valuable part of IIBHN? Um, collaboration and education. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm definitely not one of the original <laughs> IIBHNers. I don't know. I was around those tables with, with you. But it was a while ago, right? <laughs> like, the, the group was smaller. Right. Um, I'm definitely not one of the founders, but, but the group was smaller. And, and it's neat to kind of look back. So before when we were meeting, it was, um, at least by when I stepped in, we were starting on some things, but there was still this element of, what am I doing right. and what are we trying to create and where is this going and that great support of here's where the evidence is, here's the type of um, different varieties of programs that you can have, what best fits for you. Uh, but now we've really grown into um, more more structure, more people involved and, and can expand to the leadership, the education, the training, and then just that that support for the people that are just in the trenches doing the work. So it's it's kind of cool to see how that's grown, and I'm sure we're not done yet, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you say like you were in the beginning, like you weren't a founder, but <laughs> last year was my first year uh, with IIB. While I was running around like the chicken with my head cut off because of the IT side, right? Nothing right. ever works like design. Right. Um, I came out of that learning like everybody, all the you know, participants came out like, this is the best. You guys, really, you guys, all your sessions are great, you learn so much. What was your best session that you, throughout the years that you attended at IBM Is your best session? Um, your favorite. 
<laughs> well, I've been to a few. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, and and again, going through through the different parts of it, uh, the introductory. Uh, Jeff Ryder does a great job, but I'm sure there's other people where they really line out using that gather outline, and that's that's speaking primarily to um, primary care behavioral health model right. that uses that that gather outline but just seeing that going oh okay so here's some of those elements that i can use to describe it to the the staff in the medical clinic who might not know what we're trying to do and try and get uh you know some some same language and we're starting at the same same place um the corso's uh suicide training and and i've been talking a lot in the last couple of days of i just require people to do that but i think what sticks out is is that it was specifically geared towards primary care or a medical environment because in specialty for doing suicide assessment, and that's what he does is that that for the medical environment, a good suicide assessment process for our behavioral health consultants, um, you know, it can be so lengthy and take so much time, but an outline that uses research on here's really what we know about re research, here's our limitations, so we have to be honest about our limitations, and here's how you can do this in a very specific outline and process that matches just the medical model and, and that culture. Um, and then you have those clinical interventions, focused assess, uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, where you're just wanting some more tools yeah. to be clinical, um, because you're doing it in such a fast pace and you want it to be effective. Uh, and, and so having that place where you could go to the trainings or have videos or something where you're like, oh gosh, yeah, that's something I haven't tried yet and I have more tools to use. I hear is a lot of excitement around integrated behavioral health. <laughs> and I wanna say we use this as a complete term of endearment at CU, but you're a behavioral health nerd, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> I never thought of myself that way, but yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, well, we hereby dub you as as a term of love and respect. You're you're a behavioral health nerd, and yeah, you're, yeah. you're our people. We, we love it. So. We have nerds of all kinds. Of yes. Well. I should add that. Yeah. I have my own badge here. Be separate on it or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, hear that the IIBH Ed Planning Committee might be listening to this episode. So, any any pitches for something you want to see at 2023 at IIBHN? Um. You know, I think one thing, I, I mean, we have such a variety uh, and if I would add more, again, especially where we're at, um, focuses or workshops for leadership. I think, you know, we're, we're growing as a state with, with understanding integrated behavioral health and then IIBHN as a whole is growing. So our agency, I think, is a great example of that. You know, it was first me just going in the clinic mm -hmm. going, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll figure something out. Right. And then we identified a program and now I'm a supervisor of a program with behavioral health consultants. And I, I think that leadership component, you know, what are some good leadership skills? What can we do at different levels as supervisors? help our staff in such a high need and hard to find professionals so that we're helping them to grow, um, take care of themselves just as much as their their patients. So yeah, that'd be my ask. That actually, I think, works with our theme. Um, I'm on the planning committee, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> unfortunately, I'm not sure. Um, it's a lot of yeah technical stuff going on there. But, it, you know, it's like self-care almost mm -hmm. for 
RVs that we want to try to help folks there. So I think that that works with that. How, how can the leadership help them? So we're like-minded. We're on the same page. <laughs> I feel like that's why we work a lot together. Right? <laughs> I see. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us. Yeah. For, for being our video guinea pig. Glad no. Hopefully you guys all enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you, and we'll let you get back to more uh, behavioral health nerd sessions. Yeah. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks so thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Please find us on social or our website to learn more about what CHU does and how to support with and engage our work. Until next time, let's all support each other with a little life support.